Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Josh Horowitz from 5 Minutes of Trouble, 5 Minutes of Bonsai, and 12 Chimes It's Midnight, and my co-host once again is your friend and mine, Brett Stillo. Welcome back, Brett. Thank you, Josh. Yes, I am your friend, and... And you, you're, you are good spirits today. Oh, yes. Well, I'm in especially good spirits today because I have sitting right next to me in the podcast chair, none other than my wife, Lena, Lena Horowitz, uh, in her, is this your third or your fourth podcast that you're, you're doing? I don't remember. Uh, want to say maybe third? Yeah. Well, you were definitely on uh, Five Minutes of Trouble and Bonsai. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, this is uh, number three. So welcome back. Thank you. Happy to be Con- back. Yes. Congratulations and welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. We don't don't get to talk to you enough, so it's it's great to have you around and to chat with you. Indeed, and uh, interesting film choice that we're going to be talking about here. Uh, you know, the the best years of our lives is not something that I think you'd ever seen. Certainly, I hadn't either. No, I haven't. I hadn't heard of that movie actually. Yeah. Before, so. but I mean, just while we've got you here, I mean, what what did you think of it? I mean, this was a, a classic in the nineteen forties. Uh, did you feel that it still held up uh, today? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's the stigma I've growing up. I always just felt that black and white movies meant it was going to be unrelatable or something I wouldn't really be able to understand. Um, so this was a surprise, I guess, as you get older, when you become an adult, you kind of appreciate things more. And even though this is something that was set in the 1940s, you still can relate to a lot of the different topics that they're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a, a World War II film, but, you know, this this could have been told today under, you know, maybe a little more color and, you know, different setting. But, I mean, yeah, the, the same themes and and uh, different things there, yeah, it, it all works yeah. today. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We, we have moments in this film you know, that might seem a little melodramatic or, you know, contrived for the era. You know, it seems like an old-fashioned Hollywood movie, but I feel like, the, the performances and just the characters themselves, there is this sincerity that, like you were saying, Lena, it, it crosses the boundaries of time. And these still feel like very real people and not just, uh, not just images on a black and white screen. Yeah. And just the fact that we've got that one actor who wasn't an actor, I mean, uh, you know, with, with the hooks, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a real serviceman who wasn't acting, but gave probably one of the best performances of this time, and, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, Josh, when you told me that you, you know, looked it up online and found out, you know, that this wasn't just an actor who had prosthetics on for this role, but, you know, this is, he he lived through it, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it was a shocker, but it also, you know, made it more real. Mm-hmm. We could, we could understand it a whole lot better, I yeah, think, I mean, because com- of that. Compare that to like, you know, Forrest Gump, for instance, when Gary Sinise, you know, they, they had him just in the blue screen being an amputee. But imagine if they had an actor who was an amputee who had done that role. You know, would, would that wow. have made it more of a, a real experience? That's a, that's a really interesting point. I think the fact that uh, you see this guy, uh, you know, because in the, in the minutes prior to this mm-hmm. minute when he's, we see him playing piano, I mean, we, we talked about this and I couldn't get it off my mind. It's like that guy is actually playing piano with with hooks yeah. and he does everything day to day in his life with hooks that's mm-hmm. not you know Gary Sinise was able to 
get out of his chair and leave the green screen studio. And, uh, you know, yeah, like super realistic, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's Gary Sinise. That's Harold Russell. And he spent the rest of his life uh, a pretty long and, and um, uh, well-lived life, but, yeah. you know, is, uh, you know, fighting for uh, veterans' rights and things. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the real thing. Yeah. But the minute that we're talking about here is minute 133, uh, and this one actually features Peggy once again and more peas. This starts with Peggy's <laughs> tear-laced pea shelling, and it ends with two chocolate sundaes coming up. Yeah, so we can start with peas, and so we get we have vegetables yeah. and then dairy. So yeah, we got two we, of our food groups. We, we go we go from uh, I yeah. guess yeah your vegetable group over to your dessert. But you're, you're getting but all first the good before stuff. Uh, before we begin. I have an announcement. Oh, I must come clean with something. Uh-oh. For our, the past two episodes, I have been referring to Peggy, Oscar-winning actress <laughs> Teresa Wright. I've been calling her Teresa Russell. Oh, I wonder if you were Possib- thinking about Kurt. Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's an interesting tie-in <laughs> too, my friend. Everything's tied together in the multiverse. Indeed. But uh, possibly also because of Harold Russell. Right. Um, and mm. there is, yeah, there there is an actress, Teresa Russell, mm. who did a lot of 70s and 80s movie, married to the director, Nicholas Rogue. So I was calling Teresa Wright, Teresa Russell. But that wasn't right. It was right. It was right. Um, now we're right. About now we're right. Right. <laughs> right. But I, uh, yes, yeah. I can only imagine the uproar in the movies by minute community. The evil. Oh no! Evil I, I, I'm sure. No, no, no. They're they're a very forgiving lot. I'm sure. No I need am, to fall I, on your microphone yet. I am prepared to to do just that. Fall on my <laughs> microphone. I'll take one for the team. But I f- I feel better now that we've got it. You know. Right, not right is right, and Russell is Harold and Teresa. (laughs) Okay, we can begin. All right, but uh, we're we're talking about uh, Peggy and the peas. So yeah, I mean this is that sort of call recap. You know, he's talking to talking to the mother Millie, saying how Captain Fred politely said goodbye and and hung up. So there there isn't that much happening in this minute, but I felt Lena that this would be kind of a, a good chance to bring you in to. You know, get get a, a woman's perspective on mm-hmm. what's going on over here. On being a homewrecker. <laughs> oh, oh, that, well, that comes later. <laughs> I, of course, I'm not intimating any of this. Sort, of course uh, not. Of course not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, when we were looking at these minutes uh, or this minute earlier, one of the things we were talking about was just like the you know the little things that you notice in these movies by minutes podcasts. You know, we've got the there was a ring on her right hand. And then you were also commenting a little bit about the hairdos, but uh, but mm-hmm. talking about the rings. So you were mentioning something about Europe and how they wear rings. Yeah, um, I know that in a lot of European countries, actually uh, wearing your wedding ring is, happens on your right fourth finger, not on your on the left hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just found it interesting that you know, that we're seeing this ring on her right hand. But, you know, I don't know if there's any connection or anything like that, if they purposely put a ring on there, on that I, hand or not. I wonder if it was a promise ring or something Maybe. like that. But but then again, she doesn't seem to have a, a boyfriend. So I don't know. Maybe that was just a decorative thing. Do you have any idea, Brad? That's interesting. That's very interesting. Uh... Uh, I think so. We're t- we're talking about on Peggy's hand. We right. saw a ring. Right. Uh, gosh, yeah. I'll I'll bet you that was a a little continuity flub. Hmm. 
that I believe Teresa, I was reading about Teresa Wright. She was married at the time. Hmm. So, you know, it, it would be interesting to, yeah, to go back earlier in the movie now that we've caught it and hmm. see if it's a, if it's a disappearing ring or a reappearing ring. Uh. Just, you know, yeah. You know, just as an aside, when we were watching North by Northwest mm-hmm. and the train scene and, you know, I detected little tiny continuity flubs mm-hmm. here and there that, you know, it's just interesting because you think in a, in a big budget Hollywood movie, um, you know, you'd have all these as- assistants with their scripts, you know, notifying William Wyler, this and that, but, Hey, oh, yeah, accident, bound bound to happen, happen, sir. Bound to happen. I I have something I want to bring up here. Okay. Since Myr- Myrtle Loy do- doesn't have a lot to do. Uh, she she has no dialogue in this minute. Yet she does hold it down by just reacting really well. Mm-hmm. You, know, the, you know, as they say, the key to acting is reacting. Uh, but what I you know I, I don't know if we talked about this in the last minute. That apron. <laughs> the apron. It's it's like a second dress she's wearing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very nice it's, and long. Yeah, it's huge and I mean it looks nice. Uh, maybe that was a you know a birthday present last year for her or something. But hmm. I just you know I just let me ask you guys: Have you ever worn aprons? Do you continue to wear? Aprons? <laughs> we we wear aprons. That's that's for sure. I don't think we've ever had. An apron that long before. Well, the, the one that I have, that white one's kind of long. Yeah, the white one. Then you have the one that's from Breaking Bad. Yes. I am the cook. That's right. <laughs> yes, oh, I'm nice. Like, that, that's something I got for Hanukkah from you a while yeah, back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fun. Um, you, you, hmm? Oh, I was going to say you might maybe you might want to if you if you're up for it post a photo of yourself. Oh, of, of the I am the, the cook. Yes. Yeah, of your apron to see that, you know. Well, yeah, I, I need yeah. to do it in the right pose, though. I have to be in the Myrna Lo, uh, Lloyd pose. And, you know, Lena, you've got to be shelling peas. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we'll need to do it foreground background. Yes. So there'll be some cinematography involved there. Mm-hmm. Or the ghost of Greg Tolan can come and, and set mm. it up. Oh, Tolan. But yeah, yeah that, that was just something. Um, I, I love to cook, but I... I'll admit I'm a messy cooker mm. and half of what I make ends up on my sweatshirt. Oh. Uh, and then, you know, when we eat dinner, you know, my wife is just like looking at me like, could you change your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, well, oh yeah, I got soup all over. You know, there's more soup on my shirt than in the bowl. Mm. Uh, yeah, I can relate to that, Brett. Like I, I will tell Josh sometimes, why aren't you wearing an apron? It's like, it's like it happens as an aftermath. It's like only after yeah. a stain or after the oil went on his shirt. I was like, why? We could have worn yeah. an apron. <laughs> you know, I can think of other movies from say the thirties and forties where, I, I don't know if it's, if it's a joke or not, but you know, even, you know, Cary Grant, Mr. North by Northwest. I, I seem to recall a Cary Grant movie where he's got a beautiful like, you know, tweed suit. Then he's forced to do something in the kitchen and he has this frilly apron on and you, you feel like <laughs> uh, that was, that probably played for a bigger laugh in 1947, but it's still the, um, you know, the whole concept of a big elaborate apron. Mm. And like I said, this one Myrna Loy has, uh, it, it seems like a very fashionable apron. Well, here, here's the question. If, if she were wearing one of those uh, elaborate chef's toques on her head, would that have uh, <laughs> done something to the, the seriousness of the scene? It would have, yes. 
Yes. <laughs> and then if there was a rat underneath it, then we would have oh, a whole pulling different... the strings. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, different different movies by minute podcast. Yes. Different different movies. Uh, <laughs> a lot, but I will I will say along those lines because yeah, you see women with aprons, but you don't see any yeah like a head. Uh, what do you, what do you call it's a, called a, a toque? That, that, a that's toque. the white uh, chef's hat. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see toques, but you know I I would imagine. That also says something about you know that the power of a of a permanent back then, mm. like oh. you know the the hair did not move, so you didn't have to worry about hair falling into the food. Actually, the the hair in this scene is is it's great nineteen forties hair. Yeah. Have you ever had a nineteen forties hairstyle? No, not that I can recall. I had something like this hair, like, like Peggy. Yeah, like yeah. Peggy. Yeah. Um, my hair was probably maybe slightly longer, mm-hmm. but yeah, I did have a haircut like that. Hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's a it's a classic look. I, I kind of uh, miss seeing that today. It's uh, my wife Audra, <clears throat> who's been on the show. You, you know, yes. of course, uh, <clears throat> you know she's an actress and she's done some productions where she's had to do forty style hair and. Uh, yeah, it involved, definitely involves uh, prep and product and a lot of curling mm. to kind of get those waves. So it it can be done sort of DIY on a on a modern level, but it definitely takes time and and a little bit of effort. But mm-hmm. it but it can be done. Mm-hmm. It can be done. Well, let's move on from hairdos to peas. <laughs> <laughs> Love this podcast format. Uh, so the the, the question of the minute that, that Lena pointed out, are those organic or processed peas? Did they even have a <laughs> organic food, organic food? Well, yeah. Back, then. back in the forties. I mean, basically everything was in a can or you got it from, uh, from, from the grocer, I, I guess. Right. Did they have organic? Yeah. It wasn't labeled as such. You know, I, that, but that's a whole separate podcast <laughs> about <clears throat> agriculture and science, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, I can I can hear our, our great producer and mentor Jim O'Kane saying, well, actually, you know, DDT became a thing. And, you know, so, uh, yeah, I, I feel like it was kind of organic by default because mm-hmm. there probably wasn't a lot of pesticide spraying in 1946. You know, view, uh, listeners chime in on this one. Tell us the history of DDT. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I, I did a, a crossword actually about a week ago and they said that that's a substance that was banned in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think this is when it became, you know, it was, it was <clears throat> in its time, it was like heralded as, oh, this is great, kills bugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, crops will be saved, hooray, but it gets into the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> minor detail. Um, minor detail. I, I would say that it's it's funny to think this is this is Hollywood of 1946. So mm-hmm. the San Fernando Valley is changing rapidly but it's still a maybe primarily agricultural a lot of orange uh, groves yeah a lot of orange groves so i'd imagine getting the produce you know eat cheap and easy so hmm. uh you know i i suppose uh, sam goldwyn had a pea wrangler <laughs> a pea wrangler. wrangler and uh, that can go well, two you know, ways yeah <laughs> it can go many ways <laughs> Go many ways, but yeah, I'm just imagining. Uh, you know, this is a continuous take, so mm-hmm. who knows how many times they did it? Oh uh, yeah, how many peas? And if they uh, flubbed, could, yeah, <laughs> bring bring in been, the peas. 
a lot of peas. Uh, Her hands are, just yeah. permanently yeah. stained green after the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, question here. A bit of a tangent. Because Josh, you, you have acted. You've done commercials and stuff. Yes. Did you ever do anything involving eating? Ooh, yes. Yes, as a matter of fact. Um, there was one TV show that I did back in the mid-80s. It was a show called Hard Copy. And... I had a, a very small part where it was it was in a home. It was done late at night, and uh, we were all eating beans out of uh, at the table. You know, it was <laughs> okay. like a can of beans because I guess it was a very poor family. And you know, like the, uh, the the line in the in that particular scene was like the, you know the head guy was like, oh you know thanks for the dinner, great beans. Uh, but we did that take after take, and so I remember eating lots and lots of beans. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, the smell in the room must have been wonderful. Uh, yeah, just well, just as long as there was no coffee. It'd be insane to give a child coffee and beans together, unless you're slim pickings. I don't know. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I've, I've heard stories about that commercials or scenes in a show where y you have to eat something over and over and over. Mm -hmm. and don't they? Don't they have? Uh, you know, basically like spittoons. No. Oh. So, you, you know, I mean, there's no eating in this scene with Teresa Wright and Myrna Loy, but it is the thought of, you know, it's take seven, take eight, take nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, well, you remember that I Love Lucy episode, right? The vitamin of Vegemin, where yes. she had to keep on taking it and taking it until it got to her. Tastes just That's like right. candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of another another tangential story of yeah, some, some very similar to, to the Lucy bit, but it was for real where somebody uh, was supposed to be. I, th I think the actor I can't remember who it was, what the movie was, but you know I want it to be real. I want it to actually be alcohol in the glass. Oh no, I, I'm a method actor, and so <laughs> yeah, by the end of the scene, uh, they were done with the scene before the scene was done. No. <laughs> Well, that, that reminds me of, uh, you know, Orson Welles, you know, you've, have oh, you seen God. those scenes, you know, where you know, the, what was it? That French wine thing, <laughs> all those takes yeah. and he's just totally plastered. Yeah. That that's, <laughs> yeah, I have the audio of that and it's, uh, it's uncomfortable. I wonder what least. percent of actors actually imbibe in that particular drink that they are, that they have the scene with. Like if it's milk, is it really milk? Is it wa If it's mm -hmm. water, is it really water? I, I would think as long as it's not alcoholic, they'd probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. The, the one I, I specific one I can say is Dean Martin. Mm. Uh, you know, and part of his image, part of his act was, you know, he, you saw he'd had a few drinks and right. he was a little a little drunk but he actually wasn't it was mm. uh, it, two two things one in truth he just his style with his tv show of, of performing he just liked to do it live no retakes so uh but he had trouble reading his cue cards so oh. the drunken thing was just like a oh, hey, uh to cover for it <laughs> Yeah, but then, you know, you'd see his glass and it would look like, I don't know, bourbon or something like that, but it was apple juice. Ah, and, interesting. Uh, hmm. So that, yeah, that's one example that comes up is, no, he really wasn't imbibing. But yeah, I'll bet you somebody, uh, you know, thinking they, they'd be all right and, or trying to be more realistic. And who knows? There's probably a ton of stories yeah. along yeah, those no lines. Doubt. 
Well, here, I, I have something that I did some research on that we, we definitely have to discuss. It has to do with the line that, uh, that, that Peggy says. She says, oh, it's the end of my career as a homewrecker. So I, I had to look this up, uh, and I found a website. According to society19.com, they list 10 celebrities who are also homewreckers. So I'm not going to say all of them, but I'm going to mention some of the notable ones here. Uh, so number one, Angelina Jolie. And apparently she was with Billy Bob Thornton uh, and had something going on while, while he was uh, engaged to Laura Dern. And also with Brad Pitt while he was married to Jennifer Aniston. So Angelina Jolie, a celebrity homewrecker. Are you surprised? Mm-mm. <laughs> that, that's why I always stayed clear from her for years. Mm-hmm. I've kept my distance from her. But, and let's uh, see, uh, Russell Crowe, also a, a notable homewrecker. He was uh, with Meg Ryan while she was married to Dennis Quaid. Ouch. Yes. That's, I, I, I guess they don't exchange Christmas cards. But, uh, <laughs> th- this is an interesting point, but per- perhaps old-fashioned, sexist of me, but I, I, I think I always equated homewrecker with a woman. Right, but it doesn't have to be. No, it's it's a non-gender specific term, I guess. Yeah, in fact, uh... well, yeah, homewrecker, I feel like is something of a of a term from the past. Now mm-hmm. we don't use yeah. it. Now we we say cheater, right? But then the, the word now becomes it mm-hmm. could be male, female, any well, gender. Well, well, that's a good point. Well, what's the difference between a cheater and a homewrecker? What implies wrecking a home? Mm. Mm. That is interesting. Mm. Yeah, because uh, Lena, like you said, it homewrecker. Is it seems like a far more antiquated term. Mm-hmm. I guess if and it I actually think, leads to their divorce, maybe. And yeah. like, whereas with a cheater, you know, you could probably just do it forever. And, yeah, I don't know. Is that yeah? I think you know, homewrecker to me sort of implies you know, just yeah, destroying a family. Right. And that whole you know myth of the nuclear family and this it's sacred and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I mean this this kind of com- comes back to. Uh, best years of our lives um you know marriage was still this sacred thing and divorce was just an ugly awful thing hmm. only dysfunctional deviant people got divorces you're <laughs> always yeah it's happily ever so you know that that thought of somebody purposefully wrecking a marriage yeah I know what, you know what I'm going to do just for fun. I'm going to break up this household. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cheater seems, I mean, isn't there a TV show called cheaters? Yeah, I think. Didn't that take place in a bar in Boston? Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's okay. I've had one too many. It's apple juice though. (laughs) It's apple juice. It's apple juice. Here, wait, wait. I got a couple more here. Uh, Kristen, (laughs) Kristen Stewart was also a notable homewrecker with director Rupert Sanders while he was married to model and actress Liberty Ross. Honestly, though, I don't know who that is. Hopefully our audience does. Uh, Then we have Elizabeth Taylor. Certainly everybody knows her with Eddie Fisher, who was married to Debbie Reynolds at the time. That that might be the most famous or, you know, at the time Mm. that was that was a major scandal headline. Mm. Uh, and how many husbands did Elizabeth Taylor end up having? Was it like six? Six or seven, yes. Yeah. Crazy. Quite a few, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the last one I have here, uh, more recently, Tiger Woods, who cheated on his wife, Ellen uh, Nordegren, with more than one... Uh, apparently, they did it over 120 times during their six-year marriage, Tiger Woods cheated on her. 
including yeah. that uh, that whole thing with the golf club and the golf cart. I just love and... how somebody out there is just keeping track of this. <laughs> I must know it's 120, not 118, no, not 121. Well, it's, it's a whole industry that, that mm-hmm. you know, it's their livelihood to mm. know these things. Again, ew. Yeah. <laughs> ew. And... Yeah, what what was was Tiger competing with other golfers? Mm. Was he keep was he keeping score? Well, I'm sure that there are many golfers out there that have had some troubled pasts as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or baseball players mm-hmm. or or professional rugby players. I, I do not mean to pick on the golfers of the world. Rugby. <laughs> but you know, na- name your sport, professional poker players, but yeah. you know, it's at their competitive nature, I suppose. But now, now the, the biggest question of all, is Peggy a homewrecker? Or could you argue that that relationship was already doomed with uh, Fred and his wife? I mean, we, we haven't really gotten to those minutes yet, but, uh, but, but is she the homewrecker? You know, I, I'll tell you this. I remember as we were watching the movie, Josh, I kept on saying to myself, you know, just let the guy say that he's getting a divorce and he gets the divorce. And then after that, it's fine. It's smooth sailing. But any, any time that they're still married, nothing's been legally finalized, you mm-hmm. know, it's then, yeah, the, the term homewrecker applies, mm. you know, to, to anything that involves, you know, interfering in somebody's relationship. Yeah. Like that, yeah. 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 Could be. Well, uh, yeah, I mean that's that was really the the crux of this minute. I mean, at at this point, uh, you know, the rest of the thing, you know, Millie begins saying something and then just sort of stops and turns away. You know, yeah, it, it's just Myrna Loy showing her versatility as an actress. She can say so much without saying a word. Yeah, I was expecting her any moment to just do something with that food in her hand because you could feel the buildup of of the emotion on her face. I was like, is she gonna do something? She's just gonna. I don't know, is that an egg or something? What was she holding? Well, yeah, it looks like there's a, there's a whole bowl of eggs on there. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you know, she grabs it and she just crashes it to the floor and says, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> kind of expect that to happen, but she contains herself. She's well, just listening. Uh, if, if this was a movie by Zemeckis, and we were talking before, if this were like an airplane spoof, you know, like, of course, <laughs> she's not shelling peas. She's like using a meat tenderizer and she, you know, it's getting more and more violent. <laughs> and then finally the mom just says, snap out of it. She should slap her. You know? and, then, <laughs> and there's a line of other people coming in wanting to slap her. And yeah. <laughs> Much better way to end the scene. <laughs> Much better way to end the scene. Well, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I did like in this thing that, uh, you know, Peggy, she, she keeps mentioning how she's glad. You know, she's glad she's out of that mess. She's glad she won't see him again. And by the way, this minute, sponsored by Glad Trash Bags. Remember, <laughs> don't get mad, get glad. Get glad. <laughs> <laughs> Movies by minutes, wow. folks. It, it's the 40s here so yeah we would have had an, an announcer who who sounds remarkably like our very own tom taylor no oh, yes you know, you know just kind of breaking in john you're josh you're a fan of uh old time radio and you know how mm-hmm. they would sort of if you will break the audio wall mm. that our character you know the characters would be in a scene and then yeah the announcer would just say you know speaking of which you know it's segue <laughs> and you know yeah. Uh, or you know, char- you know, characters would be talking to the announcer, you know, mm-hmm. about you know, hey, I, I'm using lemon pledge on my floors. So yeah, maybe yeah, maybe we could have an announcer just sort of just come into frame, <laughs> and 
you know, so Peggy's got her in her, got herself in a real fix, but she can get out of it with a glad bag. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, then, so then, you know, Myrna Loy, Millie turns to him. That's what I've been trying to tell her. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's that, it's that interaction that they used to have in the forties. Yeah. This is a movie. They don't do that. Nah. It's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I gotta say, uh, this, this is one moment where I, you know, it's a little dated to me mm. in terms of Peggy's reaction. You know, I feel her, her anger here is, is masking her sadness mm. you know and she said i'm glad to be rid of him no really it was you know just like no you're not you're mm-hmm. broken up you mm. got dumped um you know I, I i sort of want you know maybe this is more of a modern thing i sort of want peggy to get mad you know like hey, screw that guy <laughs> screw the fly boy <laughs> then she turns to the window and just smashes it with her yeah fist. <laughs> yeah she should she should take one of those pea pods and just Oh, yeah, just this is what I, yeah, this is what I think of that Fred Derry. But, but see, I, women at that time, they couldn't portray themselves as doing that. They had right. to be, you know, they had to contain their emotions. Mm. They need to be a nice housewife and mm-hmm. all that. You couldn't, you couldn't have that rage. Mm. Exactly. So, just exactly. simmer yeah. inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what Peggy does once she leaves the kitchen, if she screams or bursts out in tears, she, she has to go a way to do that we can't see her do it i mean it's, i mean it could also be for herself she's just embarrassed and she, she maybe she wants to be alone but um yeah i wanted to see her throw peas yeah <laughs> well that pretty much wraps up the minute i mean we only get about two seconds or so of uh you know of, of the scene transitioning over to uh, fred at the soda fountain i'm thinking that we might want to save the soda fountain stuff for uh for the next episode and our next guest who I, uh, is, is definitely a fan of desserts as we'll find I, out. That, that would be, I, I do. I, I gotta say though, I, I do have to say this. Oh, that's, I gotta get it off my chest. Okay. It, you know, yeah. Cause this, the minute ends with the, the line two chocolate Sundays. Mm-hmm. I watched this minute time and time again. And folks, this is the danger of the movie by Bennett podcast. You watch a minute and you rewatch a minute and you rewatch and rewatch and damn, I really wanted a chocolate sundae. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, Brett. I can relate. The, you know, I was remembering when we went to Cafe 50s with Josh. And mm-hmm. before that, when I was a kid, I was invited in fourth grade to a birthday party at Ed DeBevick's. Do you remember Ed DeBevick's? Was that anywhere in the Bay Area? I don't think we had an Ed DeBevick's, but we definitely had the retro 50s. Sure diner craze mm-hmm. and there was there was one in san francisco was your ed devevix in uh was it in burbank or it was in la it was, it was only on was la Cienega, i think and la then it closed down yeah. yeah yeah it's been a while there's only one in yeah. chicago now i think yeah, yeah i remember the 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 waiters were dancing on the tables mm-hmm. and it was really fun yeah. it was a, it was great to be like kind of like in a different time and, period and how were yeah. the sundays they were good oh. oh actually we had a root beer float that's oh. what they well that's what they gave us that's you know i i remember one of the places that had some of the best sundays it was uh ferals mm-hmm. do you remember ferals <laughs> i so remember, you remember okay that was the I one where so they would they would ring the bell ferals. and they would you know they would have i think it was called a zoo a chocolate zoo or something was the name of yeah. their, their big thing <laughs> yeah I, I went on a ferals kick a few years ago, I think there's one 
left or maybe even that one at this point 2020 you know everything's closed mm. so r.i.p ferals but uh mm-hmm. we went to a ferals didn't we I don't remember. I think it was a birthday party somewhere that we went to. Hmm. There, it's not close to L.A., but we, yeah, there, there still was one. Yeah, I think there was one left as of a few years back. Mm. But, but I want to, uh, I want to put, you know, the quarter and the jukebox, and and I want to play board games like we were doing in Cafe Fifties. Yeah, I, I know. Miss that. Yeah, we haven't been to a Cafe Fifties even before the pandemic. Yeah. It had been a little bit of a while, but those they're they're fun places. I miss those places. Well. We will we will make a pact right now that, you know, I'll, you know, sometime soon, I want to visit LA, and we're we're gonna get a treat. We're gonna go go nuts. Go nuts. Go to, good. Yeah, good. We'll mm-hmm. go. Yeah, we'll go donuts or go nuts. You know, <laughs> cafe fifties or you we'll know, bring some peas of, with us. We'll bring oh. some peas with us. Yeah, we'll shell <laughs> yes. peas and. Uh, or, you know, we could go to Bob's Big Boy in Burbank yep. or, uh, yep. you know, Cantor's. I miss that mm-hmm. place. Yeah, so Fairfax, we, good place. Oh, yeah. So, we'll you know, and you're, of course, you're welcome up here to San Francisco. I, 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 I know where the ice cream is here that's good. Nice. Very good. All right. Well, um, that pretty much wraps it up. I, I'm going to do the, uh, the kind of ending stuff here. You can find the Best Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. Social media is available at Butch's Place, the Best Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe, on Facebook and on Twitter. You can find it at The Best Minutes. And uh, that's it. Lena, thank you very much for coming on the thank show. Thank you. It was and fun. Contributing. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll, you'll come on another one. Yeah, hopefully. Very thank good. you for inviting me. And uh, any, any last thoughts before we sign off? No, I do no, not plan to be a homewrecker. <laughs> <laughs> that is the theme and the concluding statement for me. <laughs> we'll end it at that. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, then, uh, please join us here next time on The Best Minute. Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.